just to do the bare minimum to communicate well in the church is a full-time job today. However, most churches don't have the manpower, the expertise, or even the budget to hire enough people to really do it well. But Church Comm Team helps churches communicate better, both internally and externally, by giving you a full team of pros for the price of one full-time employee. We manage your projects and requests, social media, website, design, email, and even coach you and your staff to communicate strategically and effectively to your community. Go to churchcomteam.com to find a plan that works for your church size and budget and book a discovery call with our team today. Regardless of your church size, you've got big vision for your community. We can help you make that happen. Churchcomteam.com It's the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, a show all about church communications and digital ministry. Come hang out with us. everybody. My guest today is Jeff Reed. Jeff has about 20 years experience plus eons and eons of experience in the church of digital and technological realm. Um, He loves working with churches and is as passionate about discipleship as he is technology and owns and runs the church.digital. That's in partnership with Stadia Church Planting. And uh, we're excited to have Jeff on the show today. So, hey, Jeff, welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks for your second time. Well, hi there, Seth. How are you today? <laughs> Don't do the awkward intro. <laughs> Come on. You, we were you just, just talking about... 20 years experience, all this stuff, he got to do that. Sorry. Hey, everybody. Uh, how are you today? I am not that awkward. We were just Hello, guy, talking about this. Seth's face, when that happened, I know this is a podcast, but I just got to tell you, the face that he made was priceless. I hope this can get published oh, in the man. show notes somewhere, because that was awesome. It was like, show me the picture of sad trombone. That was my face. (laughs) So good. We were just talking about having, not having an awkward intro because podcasts always have these awkward intros with the guys. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm great. How's it going? How's the weather? You know, it's like really weird conversation. And then you go and do it. It's 85 degrees and sunny outside here (laughs) at Miami, Florida. Checking all the boxes. It's a beautiful day. How's the weather? I was a former radio DJ, man. You've got me in my element. Okay. All right. Always fun to have Jeff on the show. We are fellow nerds. We enjoy some of the same things and have very similar senses of humor. So you might get something out of this. You might just get a bunch of nerd talk. We'll see. Um, (laughs) But I'm excited about that, man. I'm glad to have you on the show. Um, what you're doing now with Stadia, with the, the church digital, um, you know, you're you're meeting with churches w- weekly to uh, help them kind of balance this new era of church that's that's happening for us. We're on the uh, kind of post side of Easter, probably when this this drops, and you know, w- churches have been trying to open up in person for a while. Like Easter's gonna mm-hmm. is kind of the Super Bowl, but they've been trying to open up for a while, and you've been advocating for a hybrid approach since. Lord knows when, way before this. Um, and now we're, we're kind of helping churches to understand how to do that. So what's your philosophy here on the era of the new church? You've got this online church campus slash in-person campus. Are they coming back? Are they not coming back? Just what are you seeing out there for, for that's happening in this new expression of church? 
awesome. Yeah, hey, it's great great to be here. That's a that's a perfect question because uh, COVID was a, a a culture accelerator. We 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 all seen this right where where we were February 2020 before the end of the world happened in March. March hit and it's like the the fast forward button on the virtual VCR machine sped us forward and, and now I don't know it's like 2000 2036 2037 something like that at least culturally it feels that way in 2020 you know you throw in all the all the masks not masks you you throw in the all all the race stuff the you know there's been so much all the political campaigns I'm not saying the name of the former president cuz I don't want to get you know just like I don't want to take a stand yeah. we've already been taking so many stands but all that got crammed into one year. And as a result of that, where we come out of this, culture's changed. Like we, as, as people, we look at the world differently. And, mm-hmm. and, and what's, what I think is fascinating out of that, with that culture shift, is now an even more nuanced approach to, to life. You know, Seth, somebody asked Seth Godin, and this is a communications podcast, right? So I don't need to define Seth Godin. We all know who Seth Godin is, right? Good. Yeah. Okay. Seth Godin, somebody asked Seth, hey, how do I get my message? Heard around the world, and this is pre-COVID. Seth says, "Hey, a, a billion people don't care. A uh, hundred million people, you're never going to convince a hundred million people of anything. Uh, Ten million, one million. Look, the goal, if you really want to get your message heard around the world, uh, tell the smallest number of people possible. Get them to own it. Make it for them, mm-hmm. and then get them to tell somebody else. Yeah. And so, what I think coming out of this with the church, there's this idea of Hey, that big building can reach people. Let, let me let's define that. And, and even mid post COVID, I think there's a role for for physical church. But I think there's opportunities to do other models of church. You know, the, yeah. the digital only. You know, we do a lot of digital, physical and digital working together. That's a different model of churches as well. Micro church, uh, prison ministries, workplace ministries. Like I think there's an opportunity. Virtual reality church. I think there's an opportunity. Yeah for us to diversify what our churches look like to make it more effective to reach these nuanced groups that currently exist in the world today. I, I had a, yeah. a church, actually, it was not too far from you, Seth. Uh, I got I got a, a photo sent from me to from a campus that's down in the Houston area, and, and, and I texted back to the executive pastor, I didn't realize Jesus was a cowboy, because there's literally <laughs> above the pulpit, you didn't know that? there's like the 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 cross and horns hanging on the stage. Oh my God. And, and it's like, it was just, it, it felt like it was in a saloon, but in Houston, I guess you need a cowboy venue to reach cowboys. And, and part it's, of me wants to be like, that's gross. That's disgusting. That's not biblical. But the other part of me is saying, Oh my gosh, like maybe they can effectively reach cowboys. I don't know hey, what different have cowboys you, have are. You but not, it, have you not heard of the cowboy church? Do you know I the have Cowboy? heard actually of the Cowboy Church. The Cowboy Church but actually runs a rodeo. It. They actually run a yeah. rodeo out of their church. There's like, here's the church, and then they all go outside to the rodeo, and they have demonstrations of bull riding, uh, barrel racing, roping the little baby calves with the kids. That's their like Sunday picnic is to do a rodeo with their people. Um, it's pretty fantastic. Uh, I'm not a I'm not into any of that. Like I would. I, I come from Texas and really just hate a lot of that, but, um, that's, that works for some people, but like having it up on the, on the, it communicates a lot about who you are, you know? And I think that's what you're getting at is that on film, what's on your stage communicates a ton about who you are as a church. And that may or may not reach everyone, but 
what we're, we're seeing now is this combined digital physical. I think mm-hmm. God has really broken us out of the walls. That's kind of the silver lining of 2020 is that the church, in my opinion, the church had been stuck inside. Mm-hmm. It was about bringing people to it and not going to people. And I think that one of the, one of the silver linings of this last year is that the church has been forced out of its walls in, in, a, in a lot of ways. Let's 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 say it this way. COVID, I don't think, was a surprise for God. I, I, I don't think God was like, oh my gosh, how is the church going to survive in, in this COVID season? I think COVID broke the church. And, and I think God was, that was one of the reasons for, for COVID. Now, I'm not God. I can't speak for him. One day I'll ask him that, that question. Mm-hmm. But, but I think during that COVID season, the church was broken. Yeah. Now, every time I see something broken in biblical context, when I see individuals that are broken under God, God rebuilds them. Mm-hmm. God does not rebuild them the exact same way that they were. Through the breaking purpose, God reshapes them. Yeah. And, and we see that, I mean, even in, in context of the church biblically, where there's, a, there's an ecclesia, there's a gathering of the church that's broken, the diaspora, it's scattered to regather, to reform new ecclesias. And so as we see that, even in the early church, in the book of Acts, we see that scattering and that reshaping, and the church, by reshaping, growing stronger, yet different than what it looked like before. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, we weren't quite prepared for that. Like, we had put really all the eggs in the basket, for the most part, of that in-person physical church experience. And in fact... Many churches had begun to call the worship service an experience. And an experience you have to be there for. And I'll tell you, Jeff, one of my great regrets as a youth pastor, if I can just get real honest and deep for a second, is causing, I would talk with students who wouldn't show up, but maybe once or twice a month, and almost make, I would make them feel guilty for not attending church and Mm -hmm. start to encourage them to make choices like between going to choir practice on Wednesdays or leaving early and coming to church, soccer practice, football practice, band practice, all the things that school was dominating. And as a youth pastor, you know, my identity kind of was tied up in this attendance show up. How many can I say came? Did, do I have plugged in students? Do I have leaders? Am I developing leaders? All that stuff. And while I was, doing that, I was neglecting, I think, the fact that God might have been trying to do something interesting with me to create a new way to reach those kids by getting out of that and not requiring them to be somewhere, but requiring me to be somewhere and right. and, and go to them. And that was, a, that was a, I, that's one of my big regrets as a minister. And I think the church is now being kind of forced to confront that in the mirror a little bit, is that we've had all our eggs in this come to us basket. And that's not a bad basket, but it's not the only basket, and which yeah. is a great Easter reference for for you guys right now as we are in the Easter awesome. season. Um, I'll, I'll start singing "Fa la 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 la" and let's make it a, a, like a Christmas, a seasonal. We're we're, we're going all all the way here. Let's hey, re-record like that the- whole section with a with a Christmas theme, and I'll just splice it in, and we'll redo this episode. That's what we'll do because of the two episodes of for the price of one. This is awesome. Oh. I am here to serve people. Jeff Reed, you're a national uh, treasure for this. I appreciate it. Uh, you you are certainly welcome. Um, the, I mean, but but you're you're starting to pull at at a, at a really interesting thread. The, the 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 definition of how you are as a pastor mm-hmm. was your ability to get people into a building. Yeah. Um, it what may 
may or may not have been the effectiveness of, of discipling them. Mm-hmm. Um, the building may or may not be effective as a tool. Now, you know, in, just in my opinion, and in, in Barna and, and others that that are kind of doing studies in of the church and centered around the church in this COVID season, something like eighty percent. This came out December twenty twenty uh, digital evangelism report Barna that they did, I think, with uh, Alpha. Eighty percent of people cold to Christ. Eighty percent of people who do not have a relationship with Jesus don't care about our physical services or our digital services. They're not watching services online, and yeah. and they're not coming to a physical building. And so, if our strategy for evangelism is based off of what's happening within our brick and mortar or within a web browser, guess what? It's not working. Eighty yeah. percent uh, of people don't care. Uh, at least those that are cold to Christ. Where are they going? Uh, they will either ask their friends who they know are faith conscious their faith questions, or they're going to go to Google and type in Google and ask Pastor Google yep. what to theologically believe. YouTube, uh, and so it's for evangelism, if we're going to be effective, we need to do these things. Yeah. Now, the building, the massive service, the large gathering, it does have a purpose. Absolutely. But where we are, evangelism cannot be it. And so if church listening right now, if your strategy for evangelism is based off of the weekend service, please change. Please look around and evaluate, or even just self-consciously look at what you're doing. Is it working? Maybe Barna's wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Evaluate the successfulness of what you're doing. And if it's not working, you need to pivot. Yeah. Do something else. If it's not working, stop doing it. Um, But I, I wouldn't be interested for churches just for their own, you know, their own information. Look over the last, not, don't even look at 2020 because 2020 was different. Look at 2019. In 2019, how many people accepted Christ as a result of or in your worship service? Mm-hmm. I would be interested to know what that number is. And I feel like, this is my guess, that the majority of churches, regardless of size, would probably report less than 10 in a, in a whole year. You know, I mean, I, I would I would pull a thread on that, but at the same time, I'm going to agree with you. I, yeah. I think there are churches that have seen uh, a massive number of people accept Christ. Now, some of the problems that 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 I've seen with churches like that follow up, follow through. Yeah, it's uh, because there so may much. not be an, an 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 effectiveness of hey, I'm making a lifelong decision as much as I am emotionally moved mm-hmm. to do something here. Yeah, I, like, And I'll, I'll be honest, my, my own it was, it was joke earlier in COVID, um, my daughter, I think, accepted Christ four times through the church online platform because she was just so excited in the service that that like raise hand button, she would click it. Yeah. And my church would get excited because like all these, you know, all these people kept accepting Christ. And, and I finally had to tell them, I was like, Hey, four of those is my daughter. And she had already accepted Christ. So mm-hmm. you don't get credit for that for time. No, I'm kidding. Actually, you, you don't get credit, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, I think when it comes down to this and, and instead of once again, it's very easy to base this on numbers Yeah, and, and, and to equate uh, what's going on in my daughter's life, which she was just really excited about a UI, but you know, more of, Hey, who are the individuals? Who are the names? Who are the stories? Mm-hmm. Let's not make these about numbers that are in a database. Let's make these about names and people. Mm-hmm. And so, as I, you know, it's funny. I had, um, I had a church. Now, this is Easter 2020. I had a church tell me, Easter 2020, Jeff, he was celebrating. Digital pastor was jumping off the walls. Jeff, we had half a million people, viewers uh, of our Easter services, Easter 2020. Now, I, I don't know. 
I don't know what the mathematic, what the uh, the magnifier is, the multiplier was. Like, I, I don't know what the formula was. Yeah. Let's just assume a heck of a lot of people yeah, watch this online service. So I asked, hey, how many connection cards? How many names? How many people did you meet of those half a million people? The answer was 11. Mm. Half a million viewers and only 11 connection cards towards tangible, yeah. relatable and ministry. This is the challenge. And I'm a digital guy, and I'm like, hey... The digital the service is not great yeah. at meeting people and starting relational evangelism. And, Maybe and, we need a different strategy. And the negative there is that some would look at that data, only 11 out of that half a million, 50 million people or whatever, see online's not worth doing. You mm -hmm. know, And they would make that conclusion. That's not really a fair ass assessment because it's do, you know, a lot of times what we do with our online is what we've been doing with our in-person, and it's still not serving that purpose very well. Like you said, they're not going to those watch pages and, you know, for, for that kind of evangelistic thing. But I think in those situations, you know, the, we see evangelism happening in over the course of relationship, um, even in the digital space, one-on-one, -on -one, one to few. Uh, so I think we're seeing that it's just, we've got to get out of that mindset of our service is the, is the Super Bowl every week. Right. It's really not. It's those relationships. How are you fostering those online and doing that well? And follow-up is a big part of that as well. So yeah. um, <clears throat> I think as we, we get into this, oh, sorry, you, you had something else. Go, go ahead. Yeah, let me, let me just say this. Uh, the, the one to many, that's not new. Mm -hmm. that, that's actually old. Like people, that's the strength of the internet? No, it's, it's really not. Billy yeah. Graham, 1995, preached one sermon to a billion people. It was bounced off 43 satellites. It was translated in real time into dozens of languages. One, per, one billion, that's with a B, people heard, 20% of the world's population heard Billy Graham preach a sermon live wow. in 1995. A billion people could agree on something back then with, with Billy Graham. Amazing. <laughs> to, today, it's, it's not so much uh, about that one to a billion. It's, it's utilizing the technology to one-on-one. -on -one. You know, Seth, you're in uh, Dallas area. I used to actually live in Dallas. I'm in Miami now. We're, we're talking face-to-face. -face. I'm able to see the cool number sign that's in back of him and the guitar and the guitars, multiple things that he's got going on in his background. He's, he's looking at my Funko Pops that I've got all over my background. Mm -hmm. and, and so, like, we're able to engage in that. Uh, and so the strengths of the Internet, as much as we want to say, oh, this is all about me getting my message heard, and so I want to see people get baptized in Ethiopia, and, and we're going to revolutionize the world for Christ at mass, the strength of the Internet, really, at least today in 2021, it's about the individual to individual. Yeah. And, and really, if we're going to deem successfulness of churches, it's really on that one-to-one -one conversation, one to few conversations. It's not in mass. Absolutely. I think you could venture into any comment section of any social media feed platform, whatever, and realize that that's not working very well. It's very difficult to have very peaceful and kind and helpful conversations there about with anything. But this, this one-on-one, -on -one, the messaging, the texting, you know, that those types of types of features in there, they, that's where you're seeing it. But we're just not seeing it very often. We don't know how to really, sure. you know, promote that and show that very well. But you're right. The strength of the internet is not in the one to many. It's in the one to one or the one to few. Even, you know, mm -hmm. you're having your small group cohorts and Zoom calls and things like that. And man, I don't know about you, but I'm loving that. I love the work from home. I wanted to work from home anyway, but not having to just get out and go and fight traffic. I live in Dallas. It's terrible. So, not having to do that is awesome. So it's just really revolutionized our world. 
to make it easier for us to have meetings with people whenever we want without travel time and money involved. It's really great. Um, But one of the things that for me over 2020 is that as, as much as I wanted to go full digital and, and did, it also helped me see some of those drawbacks that there were some things that in person couldn't replace and realized that it does have limits and there are some value. There's a lot of value to that in-person experience as well. And I think churches know that and they've been trying to get back to the physical things. So now church has been trying to open for a while, right? But now that people are starting to actually think maybe we can come back. So um, I heard that in your groups that you're meeting with your cohorts and people, when you meet with churches that you guys coined a new phrase the other day to describe a group of people that have, that are, that are not guests. They're not new. They've been at your church, but they haven't actually been to church in a, like a year. And so yeah. you're treating them as a first time guest. You call them first time backers, which I love. Yeah. FTBs. Yeah, first backers, first time backers, FTBs. <laughs> um, it, it's true. Like I, there's, there's this idea of you want to, and yes, for many people, the physical ministry, the physical building is necessary. Mm-hmm. Like, that that's the model that will work for them. I, I would argue a little bit, not the point of the podcast. I think a digital only expression can work for some I do too. and will increasingly work. But side note, yeah. For the physical building, you want to get people into the building. If that's your model for it to be effective, yes, you want to utilize the strength of that physical building as possible. Mm-hmm. Realizing most people right now, what 30, 40, 50 percent of, of your people pre-COVID of your people February 2020 are back into the building. Arguably, Barna would say probably 20% of your people are lost. They're gone. As that fast-forward culture happened within that shift of COVID. Like, like never coming 2020 back. 2020 and 2021, they're never coming back. Yeah. And you're going to have to re-engage, treat them almost as a, you know, forgive the term lost person, but as someone that's cold to the idea of your church, if mm-hmm. not cold to Christ, and get them to re-engage and, and pull them in. And this is really where kind of this first time backer is uh, from a, from a guest services perspective, from a follow-up perspective, from someone who's engaging in um, yeah. Re-engage them and re-acclimate them in. What are, what are some of those, sorry, go ahead. What are some of those things that you're doing to re-engage them? Like what are are some things that you're advising churches to do to get those people that have been, we're still, you know, obviously there's going to be a decision, right, about how comfortable we feel about the pandemic and are we vaccinated and, you know, that sort of stuff. So that aside, let's say all that is okay. When they're ready to come back, they're going to come back and feel new again. Because I know some churches have like painted their whole building and yeah. everything looks different. Even you're coming back to a church that doesn't even look like the one you left. So mm-hmm. What, what kind of stuff are you encouraging churches to do to really make them feel welcome, to engage, re-engage them? Yeah, it's it's funny. Just yesterday, uh, I did a, a clubhouse on, pretty much on this conversation. Uh, we brought in a panelist of speakers, and, and I'll give you the link for the show notes, but sure. we brought in a panelist of speakers talking about how physical church needs to change uh, to be effective with this culture shift. And I had an architect from Aspen Group. His name is Craig. And, and he's talking about, hey, you know what? Maybe that black box model that we built, maybe that's not the most effective thing where we black out all the windows. Because what what happens is, is that by creating that blacked out environment, now I'm a live production guy. I've literally produced tens of thousands of services. So if you know me, you're like, Jeff, you're the biggest hypocrite right now. And I probably am. (laughs) 
But listen to this. He's like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't black out all the windows. Maybe we shouldn't darken it. Because what's that's doing psychologically, if someone doesn't trust us, that's preventing them from trust. If psychologically within architecture, if, if you want people to trust you, put a glass door so people can see in from the outside mm-hmm. and know what they're walking into. Have lots of windows, have lots of light coming in from the outside. Psychologically within architecture, even basic things like that, provide and create a more welcoming environment. Now, that's truly for outsiders, people that are disconnected. I'm not sure that's an evangelical tool as much as, hey, we want to reconnect. We need to reacclimate with some of these people. Realize that psychologically, and, and, and I do believe this as well, as much as we want to push people to come back to the building, if all we're doing is pushing people back to the building and saying, you need to join us, this is church in the building, and they, for whatever reason, whether it's mask, whether it's health, whether it's COVID, or maybe they're just too busy being the parents or, or whatever it is that's mm-hmm. going on in their life, if they're not coming in, you demanding that they come in to re-engage with that is actually disenfranchising them. Yeah. That's pushing them away. Mm-hmm. And so the, the desire for us to re-engage with this disenfranchised group, even if just to pave the way for them to come back to the physical space, you have to engage with them digitally, and you have to care for them, you have to pastor them, you have to shepherd them yeah. digitally slash not within the church building. Yeah, You've got to figure out how to be church for them to keep them involved, to keep them connected until the place that they're ready to come back. Right. It's, it's the churches that draw the line and say, you have to come back. We're, we're not doing anything else. We can't handle it's too much. Um, what that's unconsciously doing to them, you're shoving them away, and, and they're going yes, to are. find someone else to care for them, whether maybe that's Elevation, maybe that's Hillsong, maybe that's another church up the street that they're able to connect with digitally. But if you're shoving them away and causing them to challenge even some internal guidelines, whatever the reason that they're not ready to come back into physical space, Mm -hmm. they're going to find that spiritual um, shepherding heart at another church. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's, it's that those intangible, they're tangible, but they're like these little passive small things you can do. Like we were talking about not blacking out the lights. Like why would that be a big deal? Well, we're, we feel safer outside you know, too, it, it makes us feel like we're a little bit more outside. It makes the room feel a little bigger, you know, make whatever it is, you know, there's a psychological aspect or the touchless experience. When you come to church, there's no yeah. coffee and tea type stuff that's been handled by 40 people before you get it. There's no, um, there's no bulletin to hand you. There's a QR code you can scan to get the bulletin or you get an app and you can have your, your bulletin in the app. Um, and then your communications, like we have small groups they are in person, but we also meet, you can, you can zoom in or it's just online and you'd be really sure. clear which one it is and how to do it on, on your website. So those types of things, you know, those are, I see churches doing that, that kind of stuff that to accommodate the crowd that might be coming back for the first time is a little bit apprehensive about it. And, and in the meantime, those who are like ready to charge back in head first, who cares? They're all the stuff's there for them anyway. But yeah. it's it's a different experience going into a service that's lost, you know, 40% of your people, you know, in your room that's built to be packed. You know, it does feel odd and feel weird. Um, and then when you see it online, if you shoot the, if you, you know, have shots of the crowd and 
and all that in your online experience too, you know, it can be a little disheartening in a way to, to see your church. So I get why pastors are like trying to find a way to fill that room up and to get people back in. But like you said, at the same time, we've got to be sensitive to those that are coming back for those the first time in a while. I, mm-hmm. I'll tell you this myself. Um, we, we're in an area that the churches are a little far from us and uh, we had a church here and we haven't been in a while. They've been trying to do the online thing and they weren't good at it. And then they tried to, and then decided let's just go back to in, in person. So all they do is stream it. And it's just not a good experience online. It's really not. It's, it's literally a, a phone set up in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just hard to, hard to watch. So we have been watching Andy Stanley as a family. And we, we've always done this Thursday night deal with our family. We have Thursday night family night where we rotate. And everybody gets to pick uh, what we eat and an activity. And then in between those two things, we do a Bible study. And so we've been doing that for a couple that's of years. That's a cool now. idea. But what we started doing is instead of doing a Bible study, that's when we have church. We, we watch uh-huh. church on Thursday night. So we go to church on Thursday. And let me tell you, Jeff, I have not hated sleeping in on both Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> I haven't hated it. It's been kind of awesome, you know, to go to church on Thursday night with our family. That's what we do when we do it. Uh, and then have a discussion about what the, what he talks about because Andy Stanley's pretty, you know, he's, he's yeah. relevant to a large audience, but um, from time to time, we'll try to do something that's more of a YouTube deal or whatever for our kids that when we can discuss issues and things like that. But um, people will say, well, you're not getting that church experience. The pastor is like, no, I'm their pastor. I'm their father. You know, as a Christian man, that's my job anyway. So um, I'm, I'm taking that on me and Kara together or pastoring our kids. So um, we get a lot out of Andy Stanley and the experience as well. So these churches like mine though, that have, they didn't have a service. They do now. Uh, they're coming back and they're trying to decide what, what are some of the hangups and resource and, and resources that you've got yeah. for those, those kinds of churches. I had a maybe April 2020. I had a digital pastor of a church, call it 20,000 in attendance pre COVID in physical space. That's not including digital. Mm. So this is a giga church. This is a yeah. massive church. Giga church. Uh, I had I a, a digital pastor tell me, uh, Jeff, I really wish I was at like a church plant or a small church right now where I was able to do relational, actual, tangible ministry. Small churches have no idea the power and influence they can have Absolutely. over people and how much better they have it than the than the megas and, and the gigas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you tell me, and, and, and it is true, let me say this up front, that if you are not doing a church service, there's a very good chance that your audience, that your attenders, that the people who call your church home, uh, they're going to go to Hill, the Hillsong. You didn't say Hillsong. You said North Point. North Point. I love Andy Stanley. I actually have friends of mine that have left churches here in Miami and and, and I'm part of that crew that's attending uh, Andy Stanley and uh, North Point on, online. Mm-hmm. And church, if—and I hate to tell you this, pastor of a small church, if you're defining the success of your church based off of that church attendance, um, Andy Stanley is a better communicator than you. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, everybody— has somebody that's better than them as a communicator. And in the context of what your church can be online, 
you're in competition with North Point. You're in competition with Brian Tome up at Crossroads and Rick Warren up at Saddleback. And, and you know, name name your church. There's somebody better than you. There's a better worship. There's better production. Uh, guess yeah. what? In in the world of online, if you're really evaluating what's best, there's going to be somebody that's better. Absolutely. The win the win of a small church is is this relationship piece. Is hey, you know what? I'm a small church, and I'm recognizing I can't keep up with the budgets of of the North Points and, and the Saddlebacks and the Hillsongs and the Elevations. But you know what I can do? I, I can empower Seth. I can equip Seth, and, and I can help Seth be the be the pastor uh, for his home. Mm-hmm. I can help him be the spiritual hero in his house. Uh, I can care for him and help him find his spiritual calling, his personal calling in ministry, and that may or may not even help influence my church. I can help Seth realize that that he needs to, and this is a bad example for you, Seth, but within the workplace where he's at, he can start to, to shepherd and care for coworkers. I can help Seth realize that his personal calling in, is, is part of his hobby, which evidently is tied into rodeos, and that maybe Seth should not be the rodeo clown, but Seth should be the person who spiritually cares for this rodeo. I use that as a, actually a truthful example. I can tell you stories of a micro church that was started off of a church online that actually exists within a traveling rodeo. Oh, that's awesome. Prison ministry, reconnect into that homeless ministry. Be the shepherd for a bunch of homeless people. What, what's fascinating here is it's not about the church acquiring people in butts and seats, because remember, small church pastor, somebody's better than you. Mm-hmm. What somebody is not better than is helping you help someone else find spiritual purpose. Yeah, And that's where, once again, digitally, one-on-one, one-to-a-few, discipling, mobilizing, and releasing these people to do that, there's huge potential here. Yeah, This small church pastor is how you win in a digital church environment. Absolutely. Because, dude, I'll tell you right now, what we don't miss because we can get is everything you you just described. We've got great teaching. We've got great worship. We've got great product, video production, entertaining kind of stuff, helpful stuff, Bible study stuff. We've got all that stuff. What we don't have right now that we dra- desperately miss is community, relationships. We just don't get to see our friends that we made at this small church that we were going to. We try to stay connected. It's very hard, you know, and, you know, we don't get to see them. And, and that's what we hate. And that's what we really chose this church for. You know, we, we, we felt welcome there. Um, they didn't have all the greatest of all great things, but we made friends and we felt like it was a good place for us. That's the thing that the small church has that the big church can't do very well all the time. I mean, it's very hard. You have to really work hard as a big church. And I've been in big church to make the big church small is is a full-time job, you know, for, for everybody, but the small church, it just comes natural. And you have this, you have this flexibility and ability to, to reach people with digital, especially it's not hard to just send a message from here to, in the, you know, every once in a while to everybody on your, on your roster. Hey, mm-hmm. how you doing? Just want to check in. Can we pray for you about anything? Uh, we yeah. used to get those and then the digital kind of fell apart. You know, it was just, Hey, this is cool, but they gave up and went back to trying to do the in-person thing. So yeah. it's very depressing because that's what we wanted. We're like, this is cool. You know, this is, this is church. So that, that hybrid model is going to take attention on both sides, you know, with your in-person and your digital, you have to pay attention to both. 
and you have to staff both. You have to resource and refund, you know, re- resource both to get it to work right. And, and there, there's balances. You know, it's, it's I mean, I, I can throw some catchy phrases at you. Uh, pastor, maybe we need to lower the standard of church. And maybe we need to raise the standard of disciple making mm-hmm. and, and start to utilize some of those people. Pastor, don't be afraid. Don't be upset that people are not in your building. Be upset that people have no purpose when they're not in your building. Pastor, rather than encouraging people to come back to the building, what if we kicked them out and told them to go be the church within the community? Like, there's all sorts of these maybe mic drop quotes or intentional things, but it's all about whether it's in the physical space or whether it's in the digital space. Utilize it not to gather people together and let the ecclesia solely be the definition of the church. There's an opportunity for us not to focus on our 99 but to realize that this is maybe one of the greatest seasons in the modern era for us to be focused on evangelism, for reaching out and for connecting with others. And the most effective way to do that is not within our large gatherings, but within a relational evangelism that happens. The most powerful voice you have in your church pastor is not you standing on stage preaching. It's getting your audience, your attenders, your 99, the people connected with your church, and giving them a voice, training them, literally teaching them the words to say, and letting them go out. The reach of your church can explode, not by one man exuding his spiritual gift in front of hundreds or thousands, but training thousands to exude their spiritual gift to their ten. This is the goal for a big church, for a small church in digital or physical space, I would suggest today in 2021. I think a lot of churches in 2021 are trying to be, let's get back to the way that it was 2019. 2019 was the golden era of church. We could actually meet in our building. February 2020, that was like the sweetest. That was like manna from heaven. You know, what's fascinating in this, as much as we want to go back to the way that it was, church, we were at a 10-year decline at that point. Yeah, it's, it's almost like the Israelites saying, can we go back to Egypt? I mean, yeah, sure, they were killing us, but at least we got three square meals a, a day. And, and the answer here is, no, we need to change how we're doing things and recognize that church, and, and this is a communications podcast, so forgive me, our organizational voice is never meant as little as it does right now. Mm-hmm. For us to have influence, it's not coming from our church social media channels. As much as it is, my gosh, if we could figure out how to get everyone else to use social media to reach their circle of influence, their friends, their oikos, wow, we could have so much more potential than we have. But right now, for some reason, we feel like we need to hold on to these nuggets and protect them instead of realizing they're so much more powerful, they're amplified so much stronger if we could release them and let others run with it. Absolutely. I think the phrase in there that was just the key, best way to end this conversation today, this podcast, is that God is giving us a lot of opportunities to do new things. We should seize those opportunities rather than, than shun them away and say, we've, this is what we know. You know, we've, we, we're, we've been given some really exciting opportunities in the digital space, especially in, in going forward from this point in the church. Things are different. We all know that. We weren't prepared, some of us more so than others. But God has given all of us this incredible opportunity to reach people we previously could not have reached or would not have reached. It's it's kind of awesome. Uh, and so we have to kind of shift our mind around that to, to see it a little bit differently. Um, 
Jeff, this has been awesome. I love talking church with you, man. It's always so fun. Um, tell us how do we get in touch with you and where do we find you online? Awesome. So yeah, the majority of social media networks, well, all the social media networks, okay, not TikTok. Um, Dear Fedge, uh, it's my name backwards, D-E-E-R-F-F-E-J. Uh, the Church Digital is on the majority of social media networks as well. You can find me online at the website, thechurch.digital. Uh, also, with Stadia Church Planting, like we're, we're planting digital-only expressions of church. We didn't talk about that, but that's the church with no buildings. We, I can right. go off on that. Uh, physical churches, learning a digital strategy, we do a lot of that. We call it digital. It's more of this hybrid stuff, and would love to, to talk uh, about that. Uh, communication strategies. Honestly, I just I love the idea of helping churches learn how to be effective um, in this new culture season. Not necessarily communications as much as strategy, disciple making, stuff like that. So, man, if your if your church is struggling, if you heard some of this stuff and, and you're like, how do I even get this started at my church? My lead pastor would never buy into this. That sort of stuff. We deal with those conversations all the time. Hit me up on social media. I'm sure some of the links will be in the show notes and things like that. And yep. and happy to help where we can. Awesome. Well, you, you're awesome, dude. I really appreciate you coming on. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. We'll be back again very soon with another episode. So thanks for listening. Subscribe. Give us a rating. Give us a review in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And we'll be back soon. Thanks. Thanks.